welcome back to New Rockstars. What if turned out yet another episode leading us wanting more, more, more? But we are filling in the pieces with the mid-season trailer that just came out. Some new footage from remaining episodes seems to be pointing at some kind of mystery thread on the horizon in the season finale that the Watcher could tie all of these loose ends back together to fight. Who is this multiversal threat? And how close does the Watcher need to be to us to tell us about it? Because that breath is hot. <laughs> <laughs> this is Rogue Theory. It's a show where we pitch the wildest theories to the nerdy titles we love. MT did me a solid this week by jumping on the Easter egg breakdown, freeing me up to come back to host Rogue Theory. I'm so excited. I'm Eric Moss and going rogue with me today, we have an amazing panel, including good friend of the show, Jessica Clemens. Hi. Producer and host of the Mass Effect Adventum podcast, Matt Acevedo. Hey, everybody. And back from his own astral plane, it's off-screen producer, Brandon Barrick. Hello. I'm back, baby. Guys, I'm so excited to talk about where What If is at right now. Because assuming several of these characters from these past six What If episodes are going to return in the finale, what threat do we think they're going to face? And how will it tie into Multiverse of Madness? Because I think that's the title that this What If series is most steering toward. So are we going to be looking at a team of fallen Avengers that have to get resurrected? Because there was that one shot of Doctor Strange with like Party Thor from what sounds like an upcoming Ragnarok episode where Party Thor is like, hey, zombies, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> like, so are they going to like resurrect some of these Avengers we've seen die like in the Nick Fury episode, bring them back to life in some crazy way? And then we might see a team of like uh, villains teaming up like Killmonger as Black Panther as well as Ego. We know there's a shot of Ego with Peter Quill catching up with that episode two post credit scene or final scene, I should say. Collector, we might think still be out there. Zombie Thanos for sure is still out there. I think there will be an ultimate big bad that Uatu freaks out about and finally intervenes. Who do we think that could be? And how do you think that will tie in the multiverse of madness? I kind of think that Doctor Strange is going to be a bigger deal, you know, after that, that crazy episode. I really think he's kind of leaning up to be out for some sort of revenge or something because Uatu didn't do anything at all. Uh, Uatu being the watcher. And uh, I kind of think, you know, because he had the opportunity to just save the world and he failed to do so, I think he's going to be out. Dr. Strange is going to be out for like vengeance. So I kind of think oh. we're leading into an original sin territory where, Ooh. like, you know, where Uatu is actually going to be the, like, it's leading up to Uatu dying. Uh, mm. Someone's murdered Uatu. And I think it's going to be Dr. Strange. Uh, and the original Sin comic is Nick Fury, who who takes on the role of Uatu as the Watcher. Uh, I think it's going to be Doctor Strange. He's going to kill Uatu, uh, and it's going to lead to some sort of big multiversal thing. Um, but it's going to end with I think it's going to end with Stephen Strange being redeemed, but he's going to become the new Watcher at the end. Oh, of that'll it. be fun. Also, that's oh, like a hell of no. itself, just becoming the Watcher. If <laughs> yeah, that's no. what he yeah. has to become. Who wants to have to watch everything? Like, and then be like, I, I want to be can't look oh, away. Can't. Yeah. You're making me watch. <laughs> You're making me watch. I see all your gross things. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like an eternal loneliness still. of yeah. just uh -huh. like, I, I can't really interfere, but I can see literally everything that's happening. If, you, if, you, if you're the Watcher, you have to come up with all those like pithy comments and like clever metaphors all the time. Like you're <laughs> right, constantly right. narrating. It's it's a really tough job. It's a lot. It's a full time gig. You know they say once you made it to hosting late night, it, you're you're set for life. But man, day in day out to come up with all those new rules, Bill Maher. 
Who wants to do wants to live like he does? I mean, he's not trying that hard anymore. Picking that low-hanging fruit as he makes MSNBC host laugh at him feet away from him. Oh God. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, uh, Matt, I want to ask you. So, do you think in Multiverse of Madness we might see a Watcher form as like a dark Doctor Strange, a Strange mm. Supreme, and he would be like the Watcher of that Multiverse of Madness event? That's what I'm thinking, especially after you know, since this is canonical. What if it's cano is, is canon in the MCU, uh, and we're dealing with multiverse stuff in Multiverse of Madness? You know, I'm starting to think more and more that this is actually going to heavily impact that film. I think that's the way it's going to go. I think that you know, it's it's he's gonna our Doctor Str Stephen Strange is going to have to confront that Stephen Strange in some sort of crazy save you know, saving the multiverse kind of deal, uh, which will end with I think uh, uh, our Stephen Strange. Uh, will save ultimately save uh, the Stephen Strange has gone corrupt. Do you think they're gonna leave like Strange Supreme as animated and it'll be like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where you have like <laughs> oh fun Benedict Cumberbatch 3D versus 2D Benedict Cumberbatch? What I think is that Uatu the Watcher just sees everything in animated form. Ah, like that's okay. like his yeah. rose tinted oh. glasses that he sees the multiverse in. <laughs> so at the end of it, we might see live action Jeffrey Wright who just like blinks and now he's back in live action, and it just like helps him digest these complex dark <laughs> stories. Fun. Yeah. Just to see it animated, <laughs> and that's that will just be the rationale of it. And we're actually in Westworld, and he's just an yeah. android, and yes, and doesn't look like anything to yeah. me. I mean, can we just acknowledge real quick that Jeffrey Wright is in everything? He's gonna be playing Gordon in the Batman. He was uh, in Westworld. He was in the Hunger Games. Like this guy can do no wrong. He already is Uatu the Watcher. He's in mm. every possible fictional reality. He's been watching it all, baby. I think the Watcher could be the the big bad. That's a that's a great mm. theory, man. Um, I also, I mean, this first un villain thing that we saw, the tentacled monster that they we've seen in two different ones now, and they won't give us like a full shot of what it is. And then mm -hmm. there's all these rumors of like Shuma Goras showing up in you know, multiverse of madness. It's like, if this tentacle monster isn't Shumagorath, then why haven't they shown it to us? Why right. are they hiding yeah. it? Why just the tentacles? Uh, there's gotta be right. more to it. I think that could be the big bad, but I'm also, I'm concerned about, there's been shots in the teaser of Gamora, right? Kind of wearing Thanos's armor. Yeah. And oh, we yeah. know, we know from episode two that that Thanos gave up his, his like job, uh, his, his mm. quest, but maybe his daughter Gamora took it up and she's gonna out there to finish the job, and that's why these guys are gonna have to come back together uh, to kind of stop this oh. this Gora this Gamora who gets the Infinity Stones, and maybe she's aware of the multiverse, and she's gonna use those Infinity Stones to like cross the multiverse and really do some damage. Maybe get her family back that she lost uh, from the. You know, I, I assume this Thanos that gave up his quest still murdered her family and then gave up. And she's probably like, what the hell? That was for nothing. Uh, I want revenge. Oh, I point. want my family back. I'm going to take them from whatever multiverse I can get. Uh, and that might be the big bad is Gamora herself. I love that idea, Brandon. You know, what's interesting is, yeah, we do see Gamora in the trailer footage wielding that that copter sword, but we also see Vision suited up in like an Ultron type mm. armor with the mm. Infinity Stones in his chest. I wonder if so, as part of this big melee final battle that all these heroes will be suited up in some kind of villainous shell, mm. whatever, like yeah. hermit crabs stealing each other's shells to fight <laughs> each other. I assume that happens. Like, I wonder if that could be something the way it goes down like some uh villain 
it's uh, becoming the, the hero of their own story gives up their previous armor and then the hero takes that and they fight each other. I mean, well, it's all about toys, right? That's the kind of toy I want. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a toy. That sells, I mean, man. That sells. Is that Vision even Vision or is that Ultron getting his final hey, form? That's body? what I was You're going right. yeah. I thought I yeah, was thinking what Brandon was thinking when I watched it. I was like, oh God, it's Ultron. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of a theory, right? That like it is Ultron's final form, what he mm-hmm. wanted to create at the end of uh, at the end of Age of Ultron before Helen's show was like, but I want to revisit like ego. Like I thought we were done with ego from that episode two scene, but in the trailer now we see him back in the Dairy Queen powering up Peter Quill. What do we think is next for that? I think I, you know, if if this ego finds a Peter Quill who didn't get the perspective of the one we saw in the MCU, you know, he could very easily just plunk that little battery boy and plug him into a system and you know wipe out a bunch of planets in the universe and finish that job that he wanted to do. I think that's the most yeah. dangerous part is that this Peter Quill is not going to be put up a fight at all or be like, hell yeah, let's do it, dad. My life sucks. I'm mopping up. Uh, I'm mopping up soda spills uh, at the same Dairy Queen where you banged my mom in the woods. Like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> get me out of here. <laughs> you banged my mom in the woods. He's yeah. working at the same Dairy Queen where they banged in the woods. He doesn't know it's that right up. now. <laughs> He's just up. like, uh, I just I work at this that. Dairy Queen. I love that. Do Celestials bang people's moms in the woods? I mean, come on. <laughs> if they do, does it make a sound? You bet it does. <laughs> You bet it does. It's my favorite Dear Evan Hansen lyric. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, like, this Black Panther, uh, you know, Killmonger episode ended so open-ended. And we know in trailer footage, we do see Shuri and Pepper Potts leading the Dora Milaje, kicking ass. Like, have, have each of these standalone episodes just been the first act of, like, what is truly a big two-act event and that they're all... They're not anthologies that the the watcher is going to be like, no, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. Fight them. Oh, that sounds really cool. I would love for him to be like, everyone's a toy and I get to choose where everyone goes. My whole theory for this was essentially that I thought zombie Thanos would eventually get all the stones because they were still stupid, but they were still able, able, capable of um, doing their jobs and using their powers and using any kind of technology. So Mm -hmm. if he collected all those stones and he was a zombie... Do you know what he could do with all of that power as a zombie that's just like, I'm going to open the world and I'm just going to take it over and I'm going to do whatever I want. So if he did open up the like timeline or different multiverses or whatever and just bounce planet to planet, he could destroy everything instead of just doing the snap. So I assumed with that being said that opening that he could open up a multi, not like essentially what we want from the multiversal war but he could open and like release all the zombies into any kind of plane and with that being i think while that's happening we have the second story i don't think they're gonna all come together and fight universally i think we have what's happening in wakanda on its own because i think eric killmonger still has that mission of like this is revenge for me i hate the outside world for what they did to my people how they oppress them and i hate what you guys did by to my father so Mm -hmm. i'm just here to make sure you guys fight each other and i'm just the man out of it so I think these fights are all going to be happening in different times. And so I don't think ego is going to come into play right now. I think that's going to be a second season thing. Cause that's a, such a higher tier of what's going on. It's like, well, now I'm going to take over the world or like the universe. So I think we're just getting prepared for that. But right now we're going to have a fight between all different people. And at the end, we're going to have to make up this like really bad team of Avengers. And by bad team of Avengers, I mean who we have right now, who our current heroes are. Let's round out this uh, lineup that we think is going to be there for the, whatever this 
multiversal Avengers team. I think we're talking about Gamora. I think we're talking about um, Captain Carter, yep. uh, Strange Supreme, maybe, maybe Party Thor. The fact that we haven't seen that episode yet, but it seems like he's with them. I think Spider-Man will be there. The head of Scott Lang, I think would be The head of Scott Lang. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. I give him a battle suit, yeah. you know what I mean? That's the part that I really want to see is I was hoping if Thanos like opened up all these different portals, people would fall into different situations, even if he destroyed the world that he's in. And then, mm-hmm. like, Spider-Man or any of the new Avengers would jump through and show up in the multiverse. And they're the ones that are like, oh, I came from an existence where zombie <laughs> Thanos is a thing. Yeah. Um, but I, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, who knows? Um, I think Doctor Strange is going to play a good character at the beginning. But ultimately, he's going to be the bad guy. Because why would he want to go back to his timeline? There's nothing there. Are you talking about like, uh, the Doctor Strange or our Doctor Strange? Do- evil Doctor Strange, Strange. <laughs> Doctor Strange or Danger. I don't think he'd want to go back to because like it's nothingness, and he probably would find a new Christine and be like, I can redo myself. I think we'll definitely see T'Challa, Star Lord, come back too, especially after that yeah. line that astral or ancestral plane T'Challa said to him, where he's yeah. like, "You're gonna get, you know, your comeuppance either from you know your plane or my plane," and I think. You know, we yeah. could have like the Killmonger who runs Wakanda and maybe took over that world. Who knows? He could get pulled into all this. And then, you know, uh, T'Challa Star-Lord's going to show up and really freak him out uh, and take him down. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think we have some really good thoughts headed into these final couple episodes of What If. Uh, I am going to award some points now. Jessica, you are going to get a point for uh, your idea that zombie Thanos could be the nexus being that uh, causes a huge multiversal chaotic event. So you're getting a point. Uh, Brandon, you're going to get uh, two points for <sighs> suggesting that uh, Gamora could pick up where uh, her daddy Thanos left off. But also this, I, this reminding us of this interesting line from the recent episode of either on your plane or mine, I think that was a huge clue of where things are headed. Matt, I'm going to give you uh, a point for your idea that uh, Doctor Strange, evil Doctor Strange or dark Doctor Strange, Strange Supreme could be the next Watcher going this original Sin direction. I think that's a cool idea. Uh, I'm also going to give you a point for uh, Doctor Estrange. <laughs> Hell yeah. I just love that. Thanks, man. Uh, so, but it's still anyone's game uh, as we move on uh, in this episode. But... First, over at NewRockStarsMerch.com, they have not one, but two Shang-Chi-inspired shirt designs. Uh, There's the latest Obsession shirt, the Great Protector. It's got a cool dragon design. There's also a new shirt with that lovable uh, fluff ball, Morris. Both are in limited supply. You got to snap them up quick. Uh, Get yourself a cool shirt. Help support New Rockstars and all the content we make. You can also get... This uh, What If shirt, getting the What If shirt, the Great Protector shirt, allows you to write in those custom shout-outs in our uh, Inside Marvel episodes. But with Fall Upon Us, it's now a great time to grab a New Rockstars hoodie or a hat, start plotting that Christmas list around some other cool gear, like a New Rockstars bomber jacket or a King Shark backpack. I said King Shark backpack. <laughs> you that's, did. That's, that's on I'll our OnlyFans. You can't get that on the merch <laughs> store yet. Uh. But we're working on that crossover. There's just a lot of cool stuff that you can get that you won't find anywhere else. NewRockstarsMerch.com. Hey, we want to thank our sponsor of this episode, Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, we've learned that there's always a catch. So when we heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month, we wondered, what is that catch going to be? Well, the catch is... 
There ain't one. <laughs> They're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the overhead costs and pass on those sweet savings directly to you. And new rock stars, Philip reportedly switched to Mint Mobile and he reportedly loves it. I say reportedly because I, I don't know how he feels. He's a Machiavellian, uh, but he got to keep his phone and his number and he is saving so much money. For people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Just switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free. Go to mintmobile.com slash rogue theory. That's mintmobile.com slash rogue theory. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash rogue theory. All right, uh, one of the big questions I had very early on watching episode six of What If was the fact that the reason Killmonger was in the Kunar province of Afghanistan was he said he was on some undercover mission with the 10 rings and they come out and say it. I love that they did this at the beginning of the episode because now that we've all seen Shang-Chi, we're like, yes, I know what that is now. And I have a sense of what was going on with that organization around that time. Just to remind you around 2008, that's right when Win Wu kind of reactivated uh, after all the stuff happened with his wife. Uh, so he basically was like, all right, I'm John Wick in this shit now. And he uh, put the rings back on. He started rebuilding his empire. So now it seems like the Ten Rings organization might have appeared on more radars. Thus, why Killmonger has joined them. No word on why he wouldn't be joining them in the um, live action universe. It's what if. It's a different universe. Don't think too hard about it. But I want to ask you guys, what do you think his secret undercover mission with the Ten Rings was? I was a little confused. So is it was he with the Ten Rings? Like, the one Wu's Ten Rings, or because I remember in Iron Man, wasn't the the terrorist organization also the Ten Rings? Yes. So that much hasn't been cleared. It is the same organization, but they got like local chapters. It sounds like. Yeah. But it's also mm. not clear if Raza might have been appropriating the Ten Rings iconography the way that the Mandarin and Aldrich Killian did. Mandarin being Trevor Slattery, Mandarin, right. uh, because they did have different logos. But it seems like Raza was a true believer. He seemed like he was the guy who was drinking the Kool Aid of whatever the organization. He, was. He had the similar air bows and arrows speech, Illusions right? Like, of grandeur, yeah, yeah. of Asian conquest, et cetera, et cetera. So I like to think that Raza was working uh, from marching orders coming from Central Command. Also, you said John Wiccan like a verb, but it sounds like John Wiccan as in he's a witch. <laughs> like Ooh, John the Wiccan. That. that would be a badass <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah, only with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, so what was this undercover mission? Was uh, How deep in was Killmonger? Was he trying? Was he just infiltrating the, the Afghanistan uh, branch of it? Was he trying to find where Win Wu was in Asia? I have a pretty crazy rogue theory for you. I did a little research on this one, okay? So these okay. I, these events of Iron Man, all right, they're taking place around 2008, okay? Uh -huh. We have the press conference after Tony has been saved by Killmonger. And our, our, our faithful reporter of the MCU, Christine Everhart, she points out, hey, you were 400 clicks. So your, your unit was 400 clicks away, right? Which, mm -hmm. if you look it up, that's about 250 miles, okay? okay? Kunar province, it's right on the border of Afghanistan and Pakistan, okay? In 2008, Ben Benazir Bhutto was assassinated in Pakistan, uh, specifically in Rawaldi. I may be saying that wrong, which is near Islamabad, okay? It's about 250 miles away from Kunar, all right? So I think, here's what I think. 
uh, Killmonger was still working for the government. He was in the military, right? And they had him embedded in the Ten Rings. Uh, and his group was tasked with taking out Benazir Bhutto, who used to be a prime right. minister in Pakistan. Uh, uh, and he, he was not prime minister at the time, but he was leader of the opposition party, which was called the Pakistan People's Party. Okay. And so the government, you know, our government does not always do good things in other, no. in other countries. They had Killmonger and his unit there to infiltrate the Ten Rings to make sure that they take out Benazir Bhutto. But what? during all of this... Killmonger finds out about this other plan the Ten Rings has and sneaks away from his unit to go save Tony Stark and set his own plan in motion. But I oh think that Killmonger also killed Benazir Bhutto. That is my my rogue theory. That's what he was up to oh at the time. Oh my god! That is so Brandon. rogue. Like, I'm so mad. That's so rogue. I mean, That's come so on. Rogue. I'm not even gonna say my stupid. Because it really it really <laughs> bugged me that Christine pointed out that the unit was 400 clicks away. He was right. not with his unit at the time. So what were they up to? That's what got me thinking about it. I think you have a good point. That could have been what they were. Up they didn't to. say the direction. They didn't say the they direction. But I think you do bring up a good point uh, that I think that went over a lot of people's heads. Really, Killmonger knew where Tony Stark was going to be. He wanted to be there to save Tony Stark so that he could get his hands on his tech and use it to reclaim Wakanda. I think that was his kind of his plan throughout from the beginning. Luckily that he was able to convince a drunk Tony Stark to make him COO of the company <laughs> as opposed to a guy yeah, right? who just always thanked and a... wanted to drink it for at the bar. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm, I look, I didn't have the in-depth detail that you did, Brandon, <laughs> yeah. but, but mine was like along the lines of that as well. Like he, he was, you know, like on some sort of mission, but got, just got wind of it because he, this is like a 10 year plan that, that Killmonger's mm -hmm. doing. He's like, you know, trying to seep in. So I kind of think at first it was like him trying to seep in maybe into the 10 rings for his own reasons to like maybe get mm -hmm. them to aid in causing war against, you know, America and who, and Wakanda. Right. But he, he saw this juicy opportunity, this iron opportunity to go and save Tony Stark and you go down that path instead, but man, I gotta say that was just a really good one. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind. I mean, I I think similarly, he he was just trying to do his own thing. But uh, yeah, I think it was just an easier plan was to use Tony Stark instead. What do you think, Jess? <laughs> Hey, Brandon, that was a great one. That was a great yeah. damn theory. I'm so mad. You should have gone last. Why did you go last, Brandon? <laughs> put, me, put me last, editors. I dare you. I, I dare literally, you. Oh, I dare you. I dare you. I was literally gonna, I guess, like the same as Matt. I was just like, I think it's the one thing that stuck to me was I was like, even though Killmonger is actually really smart and intelligent, I think it's still along the lines of they were probably, he was undercover probably doing something that's still aligned with what Tony Stark was doing because why else would he be looking into the files of Tony Stark if he wasn't already working on like a Tony Stark mission? So I think, um, I thought he was just like, they were trying to steal like war machine or rebuild something of Tony Stark's and then they found out like, oh, you guys are getting all your money from Tony Stark's COO? That's weird. I'm going to release all these documents. So that was truly mine. Yeah. Not as cool as, that. not as rogue and not as cool as Brandon. It was really cool. I do like the idea of, of thinking that maybe he, you know, he was, he is a killer and he is very good. So maybe he was actually enlisted by one who himself and like, you know, mm. like was raised upon the actual 10 rings and maybe the, the phrase blood, blood debt has to be played with blood. Right. Maybe that like 
that that was like the thing that really kicked it into gear. I don't think so, but I like to think of like, oh, maybe they had like a little exchange. Maybe uh, Killmonger yeah. and they had a little little, co- a little conversation over some you know good Chinese. Food. I just Killmonger has too much confidence in that his plans. It did go exactly as planned, but I was like, there could have been an easy up in this and yeah, it's making yeah. me so mad that it was so flawless for you yeah so that's why i'm like it, it, it you could be right, he also man. constantly mumbles under his breath that he's like doing the opposite you know he's like very ballsy in that respect two times in the episode he straight up was like yeah the people are like he's a piece of shit and he's like i am a piece of shit yeah because i, I found this I'm, and i was like will you stop <laughs> i'm gonna punch you i'm gonna punch you in your face i like how i do i do want to say I, want, I like how facially mischievous this killmonger is like every time he does something bad he's like oh yeah uh you know what kind of forever smirk to the camera <laughs> like, like, yeah yeah yeah. he smirks all the time in this <laughs> also the government forever. the government let him put killmonger on his outfit like, yeah that's yeah up, also guys. What's uh, I'm so and I'm also so tired <laughs> of the colonel just being like, yeah, no, he's an American hero. He's yeah. a Navy SEAL. He's never gonna betray us. I'm like, his name is Killmonger. <laughs> you let him put Killmonger I'm on like, his outfit. He scars himself, which I know that's a ritualistic thing, but this guy is like, he's hiding it under his shirt, like. Yeah. So he, yeah. he feels a little bad about it. <laughs> it's a little self conscious. It was it was a a wild to hear Thunderbolt Ross like bring up the Patriot. Patriot Act, huh? Like I to take know. over a business. Yeah. That's some heavy that, stuff, man. That's uh, a Bush era term. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> heard of it? it was also crazy because I think I think you're right about Wenwu. Uh, you know, this could be like they had him infiltrating the the Ten Rings because like Wenwu was like coming back to power and like the government was like something's going on with this terrorist organization. They've been quiet now. They're now they're moving again and they're getting things done. So it it could have been that like the government wanted him to get close to Wenwu or close to whatever the head of this organization that is so mysteriously powerful. See, I think I think the 10 rings would be Killmonger's next target. Like I think mm-hmm. he he rose high enough. I think he's aware of what's mm-hmm. going on there now with the forces of Wakanda under his thumb. He can go go east and go sack whatever Wenwu has built cuz his goal is not Wakanda. His goal is global domination and global liberation yeah. for tear everything peoples. down, you know. Yeah. Like everything. So. Well, I guess Wenwu's people have or I guess it would kind of align. Right. I think Wenwu is just all about conquest, right? Yeah, he was but about think, uh, getting power. He wanted I think all he the power. wants to steal what Wenwu has he wants to take his empire. And then just kind of unite the globe under his rule, under his vision. But I, I agree with what you guys are saying. I think that's kind of been an issue I've always had with Killmonger as the way he's portrayed in the MCU. Is like, yeah, he's cool. I love the choices Michael B. Jordan has made with the character. A lot of the stuff uh, Ryan Coogler wrote for the character. But it's just like so easy for him to do what he does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and like there is kind of like a Joker quality, like Dark Knight Joker, where he just kind of shows up yeah. and he's got yeah. some cool plan. Like that London Museum plan was pretty fun. But like you, we saw him struggle. We saw what his loss was. But then after that, like I'm glad that he lost in Black Panther because it's like, yes, there's no way he'd be you able to maintain rule this, yeah. over Wakanda. This is like a millennia old kingdom. Like surely someone would have tried to steal the throne in the past. But in this episode, it's kind of hard to watch. Where it's like everyone else seems so stupid. Yeah. Like T'Chaka <laughs> seems so stupid. Like the fact that yes, they all question at the beginning, but Chuck is like, no, I, I feel kind of bad. Yeah, my son didn't just die, and I'm gonna give over yeah, his yeah. legacy to this man that just showed up out of nowhere. And, yeah. and he he knew that he left he left uh, Eric behind. You know right. I mean? Yeah. He like he chose he, to leave him behind. Right. Yeah. yeah. So whatever. It's it's what if. 
It's what if. It's what if. At the end of what if, I think we needed that part where it's like he went into the world thinking he probably was going to see his dad, and instead it was T'Challa being like, "Are you happy with what you did?" It's like, "Where's my dad?" He's like, "He's like, dude, move." Where's my dad? He's in the bathroom. You're I haven't seen him since me. I was since I was eight, and it's like, yeah, well, you got me instead. <laughs> surprise, motherfucker! The man you killed, yeah, surprise, motherfucker! The guy you killed two days ago, <laughs> your cousin. None of those other panthers are coming out of the trees. Just me. Yeah, they ain't coming out. Just you gotta stay up there. You gotta stay up there. Stay up in your trees. Don't you come down. <laughs> also, he went to straight. He went straight to the tree. He didn't go to the apartment. Yeah, he didn't go to. Yeah. This time. Oh yeah, that's what happened. That's his first tree. fault. His yeah. first fault, you should have went back to your childhood home where your dad died. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> Guys, this is too much. Brandon, obviously you get a point for doing some research yes, there. Yes, that was yes, an incredible yes, theory. Yes, you do. That's but a rogue theory. Jessica, I'm also giving you a point for pointing out that you talked to T'Challa, not in Jobu. That doesn't make any yeah. sense. <laughs> I was so good. I was like, God damn, that's point. ruthless. He just like, I was like, you killed me. You don't get to talk to your dad now. <laughs> All right, we got to move on to road questions. Uh, so here is our question. The recently revealed Hawkeye trailer teased us a fully staged Broadway musical called Rogers based on the life of Captain America. So I want you to pitch me one scene or musical number in this musical um, sung by the characters involved. Bonus points if you can sing me a lyric from the musical. <laughs> This is a good one. This is a good one. Okay. Well, I think I think if this is a, is a musical about Steve Rogers, so you're gonna have at some point you're gonna have to deal with Bucky. You know, we didn't see any 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 Bucky in the the one little clip we got. I hope the whole first episode is just the this musical. That's all I want to see. Um, but I think you're you're gonna have the scene where Bucky falls off uh, the the train and he loses Bucky. Uh, and then Bucky comes back in the second act mm. uh, for the reprise. But the song that they're going to have is going to be titled Brothers in Arms. Oh, uh, <laughs> because, you know, Bucky loses his arm. Classic, classic stuff. Um. And the, a lyric from the song will be like, I'll never let you go. You'll always be my bro. <laughs> That's the song. Yes. Yeah. And then all the tracksuit Russians in the audience will go, bro. 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 I think the intro number will come in and it's gonna be skinny little Rogers at a little desk and he's just singing like, when I grow up, I'm gonna be a soldier. When I'm older, I'm gonna be big. And he's singing about it. And then immediately the lights turn on and there's these buff soldiers that are like, you're too skinny, you're too small. Get it out, you're never gonna fight in the war. You're gonna die at a computer. Computer? He's like, what war, what computer? He's gonna gonna work on the computers. And I don't know what time we're talking about the you know so they're gonna be doing that and then they're gonna be like there's gonna be there has to be like that scene where there's different voices of men and they're gonna be like you're too scrawny there's gonna be that one that he's like you're too scrawny push him into the big guy and he's like you're too short throw him up into the air and he's gonna be like you're too asthmatic and it's like um it's the intro of him getting bullied and then he he goes whoa and spins into Peggy Carter's arms Aww. or not Peggy Carter's well yeah. He, yeah he spins into her arms and then she's just like don't listen to them you're gonna be a man someday 
I don't know why it's always a man thing, but I don't know. It, you know, it is. It's and always then, a man thing. And then he, she spins him into the little tube where he turns into the big ass mm. man. It, it's a little oh, jumpy. Yeah. It's a little jumpy. Never said I was. I love theater, theater. Didn't say I was a screenwriter for it though. No, so no, I just I think, think that's, that's great. And then you can like call it 4F. That was his code for being oh. Uh, rejected. Oh, there you go. But then it can yeah. go straight into four. Sake, why am I so small? Yeah. And why yeah. am I tiny? <laughs> Jessica, you you gotta have him get buff in the first song. I think you need yes. to get it out of the way as quickly as possible. There's so much to fill. Yeah, there's too much. That's true. There's too much. I went to town on this when I saw it. So a uh, little bit about me. I, I I like I back when Hamilton like just came out. I did like a thing called Hamiltons in L.A. and we did like. Sign up and like come sing a song from Hamilton. So I got some friends in there, and when that came out, we just started talking immediately. And here oh. are some of my favorites that we came up with. Mm. One of them, I think, one of them is from Thanos's perspective, and it's definitely played by Jonathan Groff. And it's "You'll Be Snapped," yes. uh, and <laughs> it's it's literally him singing about it's it's him building up. It's three times throughout the show. It's like we go up to the you know it's it's we have three oh. acts in this play. Mm-hmm. We have Captain America uh, one. We have the Captain uh, Battle of New York. And then the third act is like a mix of like Winter Soldier uh, and to like Endgame, right? Uh, but he has three times where he comes out and sings "You'll Be Snapped," and it's like you. It's it's Jonathan Groff, and he's and he's still he kind of it's like spoken word almost, like <laughs> like you'll be snapped soon. You'll see. It's just literally you'll be back, but you'll be snapped. Uh-huh. And then there's the Battle of New York instead of the Battle of Yorktown. Right, mm. and it's just like we're in it. It's the first time they all come together, uh, and it's and it's like it's Phil Coulson is the one who says like you have to avenge them. You know, I don't know. Anyways, it's a whole thing. I'm getting too excited about this. I love but, it. Like, I eat this shit up, man. And oh, there could be like your obedient servant, but it's like Captain America and Iron Man, uh, right? Because they're in Civil War. It's like the peak of Civil War, and like they're like kind of talking shit to each other about like the chords and stuff oh like that. So, i love that love can we have a thanos uh lullaby where it's like dear mike mora what to say to you <laughs> it's gonna be yeah it's, it's 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 thanos singing gamora and then the do and then the other one is tony stark singing to uh oh um uh what's his what do you call his daughter morgana morgana, morgana. morgana. Yeah, yeah. yeah there also has to be a scene that's like r&b and sensual and it's when he's listening to marvin gay oh yeah and we have to re- we just have to recognize yeah. it yeah and then ant-man sings uh what i miss because uh he <laughs> what, what, I miss. Yeah. what i miss oh yeah. that's perfect that is perfect i am going to uh matt it sounds like you have thought this through quite a bit you will get a point for all your thinking Ooh. there um jess it sounds like you had the most narrative figured out like you kind of painted the clearest picture of what Ooh. that opening number will be so I gotta give you a point on this one. I think all three of you guys deserve the win on this one. All three of you had some amazing theories. I've missed those theories so much. And you both delivered. You delivered at the end there. I gotta say, none of you phoned it in. I'm so proud of all of you uh, for really committing hard to that final question. Not an easy one. Some might balk at it. Not you three. Not you three. Well, that is it for this episode of Rogue Theory. I want to thank all of our guests, Jessica Clemens, Matt Acevedo, mm-hmm. Oscar and producer Brandon Barrick. And you can support this channel by checking out our latest Obsession shirt by Shang-Chi and our brand new shirt uh, by that Chicken Pig Morris and our What If shirt as well. Follow all three of these amazing people on social media. Support all their other projects that they're working on. Show them some love online. Uh, and 
if you want to get some merch, NewRockStarsMerch.com is where you can find it. You can follow me at EA Voss, follow New Rockstars on all social platforms, and be sure to subscribe, of course, to our channel here on YouTube. I will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.